1: I feel like you should really appreciate
0: your come up. It's the most romantic part of your career. When you get past all the bullshit, then you're like, really, this was great, and it did happen for a reason, and the universe did make it go this way. A lot of the relationships that we put ourselves through are very temporary. People come in your life for a reason. Those reasons are the stories that you tell to other people. I think it's such a beautiful time right now where people are really being encouraged to celebrate their culture and celebrate their differences and celebrate things that we've Maybe been made to feel ashamed of. Yo, what's up? What's up? It's Sean Leon.
1: Hi, it's Myrna.
0: What's up, guys? This is Khalid.
1: Hey, what's up? It's Ali. You're listening to The Come Up Show. Get inspired. Hey, welcome to The Come Up Show podcast. My name is Chuto. I'm the host and founder of The Come Up Show. And my special guest today is Khadija Lopez. She's one of the artists that I discovered randomly on SoundCloud. And when I get excited, I'm like, who is this artist? How come I haven't heard of them? So I'm really excited to share with you her music and her story. She's worked with producers like Jordan Manswell, who's produced Daniel Caesar's We Got Love, and we've had him on this Come Up Show podcast. And Devante, who is a Come Up Show alumni. So without further ado, Khadija Lopez on the Come Up Show podcast. Let's go. Please introduce yourself.
0: Yes, my name is Khadija Lopez, based in Toronto. I'm a singer-songwriter-artist, and I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Baby, you're a son. Your body is ridiculous. Whether real or fake in real life, we know you. Look like your Instagram pictures. I want to walk like you. Talk like you, too. like you where's sin like you do baby you're impressive yeah everything
1: you do suggest welcome to the come up show hey, hey. <laughs> uh tell me a little bit about your name khadija what is that is that there's a meaning to that or no
0: well, yeah, that, yeah, that's a Muslim name, Khadija. Okay. That was like Muhammad's first wife.
1: Muhammad's first wife. Yes. Okay.
0: She was a businesswoman. She was a woman ahead of her time. It's mm. a very powerful, strong name. Wow. I'm not Muslim. Okay. But my dad... It's just a
1: beautiful name.
0: Yeah. My yeah. dad knew the meaning of the name and just wanted to give it to me, so...
1: Khadija. Dope. Yes. And then Lopez is like, that's usually like Spanish le- or no? Yeah, there's, yeah. Some,
0: there's Spanish heritage. Yeah. It's like, it's one of the greats though, you know? So it's not like a direct mix, but... Mm. Back there, there's some Spanish.
1: Okay, and where are you from?
0: Well, I was born in, well, I was born in Etobicoke, raised in Mississauga, and I'm currently living in Toronto.
1: Okay, yeah. so it's a, it's a West End thing then. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, so. Uh, yeah, I discovered your music. I think you had a show not too long ago.
0: Yeah, right. Um, the NXNE. Yeah. Yeah, Tico hosted that. Yeah. That was really cool. That was a really, a really good vibe. You know, a lot of good talent there as well.
1: Mm. And 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 so, how long you've been making music, man? and Where did this whole music thing get started for you? Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, I've always been a creative uh, person mm-hmm. or a creative, like yeah, creative individual. Yeah. Music, I would say, started around thirteen. Which is actually, I feel like, kind of late, because I feel like everyone, a lot of singers or artists have that story of, like, I started singing when I was three, and that's not really kind of my come up. Mine is a little bit, it took me a while to actually get into music, Mm -hmm. and I pretty much did everything else before that. Like, I did uh, a little bit of dancing, I did lots of drawing, I still draw now, Um, I did a little bit of acting, so stuff like that, but... From, like, once I hit 13, that's kind of when I started to actually sing and use my voice as an instrument.
1: Mm. So you were in the arts? Like, Always, yeah. Uh, elementary, high school, whatever.
0: Exactly, time. yeah, arts high school. Like, mm-hmm. I did, yeah, I was super artsy, and then, like, a little bit later on, I kind of meshed my love of words and music.
1: So. And what, what was the starting point for, the like, the music? What made you, like, you know?
0: You know, Amy yeah. Winehouse is actually who got me, who, like, started me singing like she was the first uh artist I ever covered so she was a big influence of mine like I loved her music and like just her swagger and it was super like melancholy and dark but I loved it <laughs>
1: do you remember hearing me- like her for like the first time maybe and you're saying what is this or- yeah
0: you know it, it was yeah. a what is what is this in like the most like intriguing way I was like Wait, what you know and like it wasn't too far from when I'd already kind of grew up around because she kind of has like this ska jazz kind of thing going on and I I. Was used to that but just not in the way she delivered it Mm -hmm. and so like once i heard her i was like oh my gosh like this is amazing
1: so when you heard Mm -hmm. her then you obviously started to sing her songs yes back to black was the first one yeah (sighs) yeah i love that song so so you were just singing it and then what that somebody heard you or what happened
0: it was more or less I was singing it. Well, the first person to quote unquote discover me was my mom. Yeah. <laughs> if that counts. Um, but I think what happened was once I started singing, I started figuring out. I started like discovering my voice and like um, trying to figure out what I liked and what kind of singing, you know, was comfortable to me. And then immediately I kind of went into covers and I was doing a lot of performing, like a lot of uh, contests, like the, what was it before they had the Mississauga Star? I don't know if you remember that. Mm. And they used to like um, hold it at the waterfront, Um, stuff like that. I opened for um, classified Did little things like that when I was a little bit younger and like that kind of stuff. And then a little bit after that, I dove into the creation. So I was studio bound, was working with a lot of people and just networking. Mm. So that's kind of how it happened. I really just was on my own little journey, like kind of tunneling, I guess you could say, in the industry. And along the way, I would meet a lot of, you know, really interesting people or really cool people, people that I still uh, work with now today. Like, uh, one of my stops was also going to Metalworks and going there, actually, I met a lot of the people that I still work with now.
1: You um, went to school there or you just visited? or No, I went to school there. I got okay. a
0: scholarship to go
1: there actually. Okay, and yeah. what did you take at Metalworks?
0: Uh, vocal performance, music performance and technology. Yeah.
1: music performance and technology. and
0: technology that was the name of the course okay yeah. so there I met a the reason I'm bringing it up is because there I met a lot of people that I currently still work with mm. and like it, the network just kind of branched out from there I guess you could say because yeah. you know Toronto is small right one person knows one person knows one person so the yeah. minute you know one person it's like six degrees of separation so
1: yeah tell me about that scholarship
0: yeah so it was after high school um I knew I wasn't going to university for anything, quote-unquote, like, generic. Like, I knew I wasn't going to get, like, a Bachelor of Arts or anything like that, or going to psychology, how everyone kind of does. But I really didn't know where I was going, so my mom was looking around for me. And actually, um, I wanted to go right after high school into the Remix Project. Mm. Yeah, so I auditioned for that, and I didn't get in, so I'm, like, I'm going, like, oh, my
1: gosh. Were you hey. disappointed? Oh, um. <laughs> You, you cried, didn't you?
0: <sighs> it was painful. Yeah, I, like I was very disappointed. too And I, I'll i get back to that. I ended up um, going to the remix project, but like it took several auditions. Wow. Yeah, it, or several times attempting.
1: So you were what? You were showing them covers or whatever? Because it's, it's at, yeah, there's a lot of applications, right?
0: Yeah. No, I think at the time I just, when I was first... Applying, I just wasn't there yet, I guess. Mm. Fair enough. So not getting in the first time gave me the chance to really grow and develop and gave me the opportunity to end up going to Metalworks and, you know, meeting the people I met and, you know, developing myself more. And then by the time I actually like went again, you know, I was ready and I had more. So Mm. everything in divine timing.
1: Divine timing. Yes, that's important. And I, I think uh, I like what you said. Like you know, you're doing contests and showcases, mm-hmm. and really taking the time to develop yourself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, that's that's pretty important, isn't it? Because I feel like sometimes nowadays these artists blow up on SoundCloud, and then like their first ever shows like a sold out or something like that. Like
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that That is, that's the reality right now. You see, you see yeah. that
1: happening, right? I feel like I,
0: but I still feel like I'm still in time for like that kind of way of entering the industry. Because like I said, like when I first started, which is what, around 20 like, 13, 14, 15, I guess you can Mm -hmm. Mm say-ish. Like, um, that's when I was doing, like, those contests and stuff. But, like, as soon as 2016 hit, I was, like, studio-bound. Like, I was gone off the scene. Like, I didn't really have a social media presence. Like, I was just super underground. Mm -hmm. And I, I wouldn't say I'm all the way underground now, but it's still kind of one of those things where I'm working, you know? I'm not doing a whole lot of shows quite yet. I'm not all over the place, you know? So I still feel like it's a SoundCloud thing. Yeah. <laughs> Only because, like, my online presence now is, like, super prominent, or at least in comparison to what it was. Yeah. So, like, I'm still kind of following that trend in a way, by mm. default. By default. By
1: default. So so tell me in the importance, though, because you got a taste of being on stage. Mm-hmm. Performing live, mm-hmm. and then you were a studio, a studio rat, studio bound.
0: Exactly, <laughs> studio rat.
1: How did that, did that inform? So since you got a taste of performing and being on stage, did that inform you going into the studio and writing? That I have any type of influence? Would you say was there any value to that?
0: Uh, definitely value. Yeah, I think it just kind of it gave me a value of understanding or attempting to understand what kind of artist I was, and like what I wanted to become. If that made sense, because. When I was just starting out, like I said, I did a lot of covers and I didn't have a whole lot of original music. Mm -hmm. So I was just kind of putting together what I thought I was and then going on stage and performing. But I don't I wouldn't say that like I had a huge artist presence like when I walked off the stage, I don't know if anybody kind of felt like the Khadija Lopez presence. You know what I mean? I was just like singing a cover and I was like, everyone's like, oh my gosh, you're so young and you're singing Edda James. Like, that's kind of what I had going. Mm-hmm. But like, um, I think, yeah. So it just gave me like some perspective, you know, like this is where you were. Now, you know, you go into the studio rap phase. Now, like, now you, ha- you have like a... What do they call it? Like a perspective of just what it's like to be on stage and what you need to work on to become an actual art, an an actual artist mm. that has something to offer when they're on stage yeah. performing.
1: And I guess you also have a perspective of what records work for you. Yeah. Because you've been on stage. Mhm. And then now when you go into the studio, you know, like, hey, maybe this type of vibe is not me.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Because exactly. in the studio, you
1: can. It's like a whole. It's blank canvas, right? Right. You can, imagine anything that you want but then when you get into when you perform it may not be it's true right or no well like yes i think but
0: that same problem still occurs in the studio because like when i was just 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 coming off of the stage in the studio yeah again i didn't really know who i was so i was like trying to make pop records and like do all this kind of stuff that really wasn't me yeah um so it's like kind of but not really but it's like the same thing you know same problems Mm -hmm. you still have to find yourself no matter where you are
1: the, 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 when you went to Metalworks, is there any people that you met there that, that we may know of or, or no? Like some people that you still work with? Or, oh my gosh,
0: or, yeah. yeah. I met uh, Jay Glavani there. He's all over my EP. Yeah. Um, I met Akil Henry there. He's on my EP as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and like all the people that I'm working with now that I didn't meet directly at Metalworks, I met through them. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. it just opened up Like like I said, once you know one person It's kind of like, it's just a matter of time Until you kind of meet everyone else
1: Yeah, yeah. I know, and I know Jay for a minute as well, too And yeah. obviously I saw him at the K Forest event as well Yeah, too. and
0: Toronto is even just small Like, yeah. it's just so small You know, like, uh, Jordan Manswell I met actually through somebody I went to high school with Like, small like that, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it's, it's beautiful And speaking of Toronto, I think you've said it You tweeted that Toronto has so much Hidden talent. Yeah, and it's actually stressful.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tell stressful. me about that. Yeah, because I feel like. Everywhere, I like, I'm always discovering Toronto music. That's what it is. Like, you you know, you have the people who are local and, like, quote, unquote, locally known. So we have those people. But then there's just, like, so many people that might not have the spotlight on them. Or, you know, just they're underground. They haven't really released anything yet. But, you know, they're dope. Like, I feel like every songwriter slash producer knows, like, 10 artists that are dope that don't have anything out yet. You know what I mean? So it's, like, there's just so much
1: creatives
0: out there. Not even just, like, artists. Just creatives.
1: What's the stressful part of it?
0: The stressful part. <laughs> the stressful part of it is like not everybody I feel like is going to eventually have like that voice, you know what I mean? I feel like not everybody is going to go as far as you might want them to go. You know, you might hear someone be like, "Oh my gosh, I love their music. I'm a fan." But because of, like, everything that's going on in Toronto and all the music that's going and, like, you know, of course, like, there's politics as well, like, all the politics that go on, you, it's kind of, you have this feeling of, like, uh, I don't know where they're going to be in, like, you know what I mean, five years, like, mm-hmm. you want to be their fan and you want to see them come up, but it doesn't happen for everyone, it you doesn't.
1: know? Yeah, so that's I, the I, stressful part. That's the like, stressful like,
0: part, because yeah. it's like, I want to be a fan of, like, I want everybody to rise in the same way, but that's kind of not how Toronto set up. <laughs>
1: It isn't, is it? So you said <laughs> you're learning about the politics here. <laughs> I have nothing to say about the politics. No, oh wow, you're Possib- definitely a politician <laughs> yourself. Uh, okay, so yeah, we talked about you know how stress about how does it feel to be a Toronto artist, Toronto creative
0: yourself. Um, well, yeah, I don't really let. I feel like everyone shouldn't let the politics kind of hinder them too much. Um, it's good to be aware, but mostly I feel like being a Toronto creative is like a very free feeling. You know, there's a, a Toronto is willing to accept a lot. I feel like um, if if it done well, you know, if you really are good at what you do and you stick to what you do and you know? that's the
1: most important part.
0: Well, yeah, the doing well part. D- yeah, exactly. Yeah. You have to be exceptional. Yeah, at, in some way, you know. And obviously, art is kind of what's the word subjective, right? Like it's each to each his own. Mm-hmm. So but, you
1: said like there is you feel free because, you, you know, this, this is not Atlanta where you might have to be like a Gucci man or like it doesn't mean that you're necessarily limited to one thing. Yeah. Down south. Mm-hmm. But here, since we are a global city in mm-hmm. terms of multicultural, mm-hmm. Caribbean, African, like everything.
0: That's like what I, that's exactly hitting the nail like right there. That's what I meant. Mm-hmm. You know, like you could come with I feel like in Toronto. Doing music, you can come with anything, and p- and if it's done well, people will be like, "Oh yeah, that's dope!" Like you know, and it would make sense that you're from Toronto, just because we have so much. Yeah, and I mean, like you could be like super like hip hop. You could be like, you know, have Latin influences. You like you said the reggae because you know Toronto has a huge Jamaican and like Caribbean influence. Like mm. you can come with any kind of fl- flavor or flair, and people are gonna rock with it. You know.
1: Yeah. So uh, and also what what I also meant by asking about. Toronto creative is like the buzz that the attention that is here mm-hmm. right and you can see like man like Jordan Manswell of mm-hmm. like you know Grammy nominated or Juno mm-hmm. like these things are happening more frequently yeah. than before definitely. and you're probably seeing this all around you so what is that like for you to pay attention to observe all these things going on to Toronto Toronto artists
0: well definitely a lot of gratitude for them paving the way For sure. And yeah, it's inspiring. It's definitely inspiring because it doesn't feel like... I mean, I still kind of feel like you kind of have to go to the States in a a way. But, like, it still feels like Toronto is starting to become a place where eventually you won't necessarily have to leave. I don't know when that time frame is or what that looks like. I don't know the logistics behind that. But I feel like eventually, like, we're becoming a place, you know, like an incubator where a a lot of talent comes out of and a lot of stars pop out of.
1: Mm. But, yeah, the the thing is true about you have to how everybody's going to LA right now or that type of stuff, right?
0: Yeah, like that's still relevant. That's still a thing. And I don't know when that, like, you know, I have no kind of insight on when that will ever At least when you go
1: there now, people are like, oh, you're from Toronto. Exactly.
0: It means something, you know? So eventually you'll be able to stay here and like it still means something and people will be wanting to come here. And, you know, and I feel like still people even probably come here and work. I know a lot of artists come here.
1: Yeah, they're curious, excited. Exactly. So on and so forth. Uh, You said that when you're writing a song that you drag yourself through Mm, the emotions. Yes. What did did you mean by that? (laughs) Meaning when I'm
0: really getting into recording a record, like this is, you know, when I'm really getting into it, not just like cutting a demo, I really have to mentally kind of get in that space. And that's kind of, I don't know if you know, but like I record by myself typically and that's usually what I have to do in order to really like go there whether it be vocally if I had if, if I have to like even just hit a note that I normally don't but I want it to sound a certain kind of way like I have to drag myself through the emotion if I want it to sound like whiny or sad or angry or whatever the case may be it's just you have to put a lot of emotion into it mm. yeah
1: so yeah <laughs> 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 if there was a camera in that room when you're recording yourself it would be embarrassing <laughs>
0: <laughs> It could be so embarrassing
1: <laughs> yeah because like it's it must is that exhausting
0: Yeah it's like definitely it's like yeah it's like emotionally exhausting I, I think even in that in that tweet I said it's exhausting in the strangest way mm-hmm. like you know because you'll feel tired after like just recording a lot. you' like hey, I'm done you know just because you kind of put yourself in this fantasy land. Mm. You know, and I feel like that's that's the case for a lot of creatives, you know, like actors. They have to like totally embody whatever character that they've been given. And it's kind of the same when you're writing a song, especially if you're like truly getting into it.
1: Mm. You kind
0: of have to. If you're storytelling, you have to get into the story. You're the author, right? What happens next? You're feeling it as you're writing it. Mm. It's not just like a you're just you're not going through the motions. You're really actually like you're. This is coming out of you, out of your soul, out of your mind, out of whatever you know.
1: So people can get that.
0: Mm-hmm, exactly when so you put that
1: emo- you are you gotta feel that emotion to put it in the in the song and so people can feel that you're e- transmitting it
0: exactly and it and it caught and like you have in order to transmit it you have to kind of get there yourself yeah and at least that's from my perspective i don't know how everyone works
1: well have you done that and like obviously you've done that in the music have you mm-hmm. seen people react in that emotion like you know you're sad or you're Heartbroken or whatever emotion that you're you're recording into the song, and then you performing, and you've seen people do that yet? Yes, I had that up.
0: Yes, definitely. Okay. What
1: have you seen? Tell me.
0: Well, I've seen, yeah. like, I'm not naming names, but okay. like, <laughs> I've
1: you don't have like, to name names. or you I've, can name names. Go ahead.
0: No, it's okay. <laughs> no, I've sent demos to people and they like hit me back. Like, oh my gosh, like, what were you thinking when you were writing this? Like what was going on? And I just kind of explain like, yeah, like I really meant this. And they'd be like, wow, that's like really amazing. I felt that, you know, just those kind of inter- interactions mm. where they just kind of re- reply back to me with more than a compliment on the song, you mm. know, just like a compliment on everything. And I think that kind of goes to show.
1: Okay, so you haven't had the pleasure of making somebody cry in uh, in the audience yet, though.
0: No, I haven't <laughs> performed enough, or even That's I can't. in the future. Yeah, I okay. can't even see
1: people in the audience when I perform. We to yeah, see who's crying or not. You got to be zoned in, right? Exactly. Uh, you've also said that anybody see real progress every other third meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Say that. What does that mean?
0: Oh, <clears throat> a lot of people like that one too. Yeah. I think, it, well, what I, I was I was being literal. I was yeah. being, like, sarcastic and making a joke. But it's just, I feel like a lot of, this doesn't just speak for myself. Even though I can only speak for myself, I feel yeah. like a lot of creative people go through a lot. Just emotionally. A lot of us are overthinkers. Like, we have huge imaginations. We stress ourselves out. So... I I was referring to that. Like a lot of us, it's like it's hard, you know, especially like being young and like you're in the world and you haven't made it yet. You're still working. You still, you know, have a job, have responsibilities, have to deal with a life while you create, while you put everything into this, you know, into your career. Mm. So sometimes it like it really wears at you, you know. So but the progress part is more about. Learning how to cope, learning what works for you, um coming up with strategies on how to like just manage your life. That's just like basic life, mm. kind of talk. You know, I feel like a lot of people can relate to that. That's what that meant. I've out spoken
1: there. to other other people, art, artists, t- telling me when when they cry, they feel like they're releasing something. Yeah. Do you relate with that or no?
0: Yeah, no, definitely. That that's kind of where that tweet comes from too. Like mm. what? Well, yeah. Yeah, when I cry, I do feel like I'm releasing something. Mm-hmm. Um, but you kind of also have to have like a, like an optimistic mindset. I feel like, to truly feel like you're releasing something versus just kind of, like, wallowing in your own tears, you know? So, yeah, I feel like that.
1: Ah, uh, okay. Like, yes, cry, but then, like...
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, but then, what? Yeah. okay, how are we going to, like, what what's making us stop crying? Like, what's bringing, what's the light? What's the, at the end of the tunnel? Like, mm. you still kind of have to have that in the back of your mind while you're crying just to know that, like, I can't be crying forever. I'm just doing it now just because, like, I has to get done,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> So, uh, by the way, if you don't know, these are some of your tweets that I'm just taking.
0: I remember.
1: <laughs> so this is another one. You're saying, like, I thought I wanted it all mm-hmm. from A to Z, and then I got a little perspective, a little reality check, if you will. Now all I want is opportunity to learn. Mm-hmm. I want to deserve A to Z. What, mm-hmm. what, what did you mean by that? Like, what were we going through? What were you we thinking?
0: Yeah. That actually, um, that tweet came from, like, an actual experience. And... That perspective was like someone gave me kind of a reality check, you know, like it was an opportunity that I was like um, maneuvering and like through um, interacting with this person, I was given like a huge reality check. And it just made me realize that sometimes, especially at this level, when you're still you're still really you have so much further to go before even where you would want to be. It takes a lot more than you think, even though you think you know what it takes. And so that perspective kind of teaches you that don't wish for things before you're really ready for them. And that being given perspective is a blessing because I was able to be told implicitly, you're not ready for this yet. And so then it gives me a new perspective like, okay, I need to work on this, this, that, and and whatever else before I'm ready for all the things that I say I want right now. You know, Mm because we say we want things, but we're not necessarily prepared for them. You know, and like, where did I hear this? I heard, I forget who said it, but someone said that um, James Fauntleroy, he's like a songwriter, had said that he's seen people blow like million dollar opportunities all the time. Um, I'm paraphrasing, but just that idea kind of proves that like you can be put in a situation that you would, that you've been praying for and crying for and hoping for and then blow it because you weren't ready. So that tweet is just really about like being ready and and like appreciating the time that it's taking you to get where you want to be.
1: So like you are feeling like, yo, I'm ready. Adele style. Yeah,
0: let's go. Yeah, exactly. Let's hit this right now. Yeah. And then you just get kind of a little just not even a lot of information, just a little bit. Or you just get a vibe where you're put in a situation where like you're truly uncomfortable. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah, Oh, I still have a lot to learn. I still have a lot to work on. I'm not ready for that, even though it's what I want. It's what I'm working towards.
1: Because I feel like in music, sometimes all you have is one shot, right? It's true. Like we've seen artists who've come and go, but like it's really hard for them to come back. Exactly. It's been very rare where they come back even stronger, but like I feel like people move on. I feel like fans move on like, oh, that person is washed now.
0: Mm-hmm and that that stage is like literally 4 seconds right now like the move on stage people move on for you so quick unless you develop real fans like most i f- i feel like most fans right now are temporary for like what the trendy what's hot right now kind of mm-hmm. artist so it takes a minute to really build a core fan base like that's a like a rare thing it's like an yeah. antique situation to have a core fan base
1: yeah we're going to get into this because mm. You see, and you're an artist, so definitely you have opinions of this, and you see people who are just hopping on waves and trends right musical
0: right. right,
1: whatever is the wave right now, what's going on, mm-hmm. they're just doing it, and they may be getting you know some attention, some shine
0: mm-hmm.
1: when you see that mm-hmm. going on and happening what what what's your what are your thoughts I mean <laughs> I guess you
0: could say I used to have like a typical response like oh you know they're just like following trends that's not gonna last like like a hater mentality but now i kind of look at it differently it's the same truth like at the end of the day you can't last forever writing trends but i don't know it's we're in a different time like sometimes i think okay well they're writing this trend maybe when the next trend comes they'll reinvent themselves you know some artists are good at that just reinventing themselves and for however staying relevant and current you know being good at whatever is popping at the time mm. so if that's the kind of artists you are you're like dope at being good at whatever is hot right now then i mean you're doing your thing like i can't hate on you
1: <laughs> yeah no there you know? there are there are uh there are artists that can do that mm-hmm. and then some of them they're just you know they're gonna they're here for a year or two and then are done.
0: Yeah. That doesn't bother me, to be honest. Because, no. like, at, like, I will enjoy whatever, like, catchy song that they put out for the time being. And that just weeds itself out anyways. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not really... Them being successful is not really affecting my success or mm-hmm. what I'm working on or anybody else for that matter. And I feel like every artist should really think about, like, think that way. Like, your success or his success, her success doesn't affect your success like you are doing your own thing on your own path even if you're in the same genre as that person hmm. like the the people they're occupying is not the people you're occupying especially if you're like if you're someone who doesn't like that i would assume you're doing something completely opposite so then the people who are their fans are not even your fans anyways
1: okay so you, you never know, like <laughs> you, you never feel like yo why they popping and i'm not popping yet or whatever like i wish i could have that or like no. yo what's up
0: no, no, it's not a yoA up thing, and so this is a great like catchy song, and then and the minute it's annoying, I just move move along, like there's <laughs> nothing too you don't have to be too deep. Mm. that
1: used to be the case though. That used to be the case. You were like, yeah, you just. Well, yeah. like
0: the, being annoyed about it used to be the case. But now it's just like, whatever, like.
1: You, you're confident.
0: Yeah, I'm confident. And I'm like too busy to like be like really focusing oh, that's on good. trends. Be, being busy
1: is good when you, <laughs> yeah, you know. when you got enough things to do. You're like, mm-hmm. stay, stay focused. Uh, also, another thing you said is one of the greatest thing you can learn to do is not to take anything personally.
0: Yes. Greatest. Working thing you can learn Like working in progress Because I feel like Most people take things personally I feel like most creatives do Because I feel like Creative people are sensitive I don't know if that's mm. just me mm. I feel like we're all like sensitive Especially about our music And everything to do with our music And the people we're working with Like it's easy to kind of be like Oh that kind of I, I feel a way about that or whatever So
1: I've noticed that Yeah artists are sensitive But it's your creation It's your baby I guess no? No of course yeah. That's
0: like you know, that's where the sensitive sensitivity comes, comes from. If it's not already in your personality, then it's coming from the fact that these are things you're creating. So it's like close to home. Mm. But yeah, I think that um, not th- taking things personal is a great way to maneuver the business because... Like, that's not our part. That's the business part. And we have to be smart about that. But when I say it's not our part, it means, like, that's the part where your emotions aren't relevant or, you know, how you feel about something might not be relevant. It just you have to kind of take things for what they are, you know.
1: How how do you navigate through all this stuff? I don't. It seems like there's hmm. a lot of things to know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> how do you navigate through that's you're I'm. S- you're
1: still figuring it out.
0: Yeah, I can lend you the question. Actually, how do you navigate <laughs> through this stuff? <laughs> I don't know.
1: Yeah, well, like you know, when you're an artist, yeah. you the <laughs> thing of the creativity, the yeah. business part, mm-hmm. which gets a lot of creatives. They yeah. This part really holds them down.
0: Well, I mean, okay. Part of the not like if I'm going to take that question a little bit literal for myself. Being a part of Remix and uh, being around those people and um, the network that I kind of built from there is a great way that I kind of figured out how the industry can be navigated. Mm -hmm. Surrounding yourself with people who are where you want to be, probably another great way to navigate the industry. Um, Taking advice with a grain of salt from people. Uh, probably another good well, that's way. That's
1: what I was saying. It's cool to be a tr- kind of like what's going on in our city right now because there mm-hmm. are uh, artists, producers, people who are actually getting real experience or getting success yeah. that you can learn from. And the Remix Project, like half of OVO came out of the Remix or yeah. is affiliated from the Remix Project, right? Yeah. Like, and that has a real effect of how people can pass on knowledge and connections and so on mm-hmm. and so forth, right? Uh, you had a song called... Uh, you have a song called Jolene.
0: Yeah. That
1: you released a couple of years ago. Yeah,
0: 2016. 2016.
1: What is that song about?
0: Okay, so that's like a, a little bit of paying homage to uh, the original song. That's an, uh, what's it, I think it's called Jolene, actually, mm. by Dolly Parton. Mm. And um, that song... It was about feeling the instant when the whole Instagram thing was just like fresh. It's- Instagram is no longer fresh. Instagram cannot <laughs> shock me. <laughs> it can't phase me. Like right now, Instagram is just pure entertainment. It's just pure memes and jokes. And that's what I love it for um, other than like my business stuff or whatever. But um.
1: But when in a couple of years ago. Yeah, a couple of years ago. like. What it- shocked you about it?
0: No, it's not. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't say I was shocked. But just okay, like so um, Instagram culture started to really assert itself. In my life, I guess. And, you know, just like um, standards, beauty standards, any kind of standard, you know, whether it be like how much success you have, how much money you have, where you are in life, what you look like, all those things I feel like we're being like pushed in a certain way by all the popular people on Instagram. And then you scroll and you scroll and you soak all this in and then you. Just talk to yourself. It's self-talk and it's usually not positive. And so like that song I felt like is a representation of just feeling like speaking to that, not one specific person, but like speaking to what the negativity that Instagram can portray sometimes. And just, you know, bringing them some awareness of like their influence and their effect, especially on young minds, you know, like teenagers, even even like young adults. Who are still kind of trying to figure themselves out. Mm. Instagram can be kind of harmful if consumed in the wrong way.
1: How does that affect you as an as a, as a artist?
0: Yeah, like it, it makes me very aware of what is, quote unquote, accepted versus what isn't. But I mean, like that was also, I will also say like that was 2016. Now I feel like there's so much more like support and different things on Instagram that you can literally cater your entire feed to positive stuff. You know, you don't have to, you know, follow Instagram models if it makes you feel insecure or follow like, you know, luxury homes if it makes you feel like you're too poor. Like, you know, you don't have to do that. Like now you can literally cater to whatever you want. Mm -hmm. But yeah, at the time, like when Instagram was really starting to kind of assert itself in in my life and I was really starting to like absorb it in not a positive way. Something like Jolene came out. Mm hmm.
1: And you're able to, to put that into music and put it out there.
0: Exactly, and yeah. And tell people. After the fact.
1: Uh, after
0: the fact. After the fact. Yeah, once
1: you feel, once you go through that stuff, and then yeah, which, which is real to people, are like, oh, yeah, like, I, yeah. I, I can understand what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, why do you make music?
0: Music was, like, my favorite, because I, I did a lot of poetry. I still write poetry. Like my, I have notes full of just, like, poems and stuff. I still write. And music was, like, my favorite way to express words. I can say, like, that's pretty much what got me started and kind of what carries me along. Whenever I want to send a message or express myself, it's kind of my—it's my favorite ultimate way to express myself. And— yeah, I love poetry, I love words. I love writing. Mm-hmm. And once I tied that in with music, it just felt like the perfect marriage, like writing, you know, words and music. That's mm. so why and it's it's really just self-expression. It's kind of a cliche answer, but for the most of us, most of us that's the real answer. It's an, it's a self-expression.
1: Mm. Can you tell me like well so so you said you've been doing this like what? like for real for four or five years now yeah like younger than that obviously you were yeah 13 you
0: right but like for real for real like after high school yeah
1: yeah. uh so far what's been like the lowest point like the most challenging point
0: in in this
1: journey thus far
0: there's been a couple challenging points i think as an artist if you're like a prominent song songwriter as an artist I feel like you're kind of always battling between this, am I a songwriter, am I an artist, am I a songwriter, am I an... And that kind of gets stressful because, I mean, like... If you walk into a room and you go, hi, my name is Khadija Lopez. I'm a singer-songwriter. It's a different vibe than, hi, my name is Khadija Lopez. I'm an artist. And sometimes when you're, like, in one hat, the other gets, like, malnourished. Like, the other side isn't getting developed as much. And so that's been a struggle, like, finding a balance between my artist hat, my songwriter hat.
1: Yeah, because it's interesting. There's been, like, artists that I've interviewed who they came out as an artist first.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But then maybe that they they got stuck and they became a songwriter. Yeah. And then they got success becoming a songwriter. Yeah. A lot of success and then, then that helps fund them being an artist.
0: Exactly. And that's kind of... I feel like that's my dream plan like you know be the songwriter and then get credit credibility and credentials and all that and then all of a sudden have a platform and be able to find i I feel like yeah what
1: do you think about that like have you thought like yo like obviously you're making music art obviously you're an artist you're you're out there but Mm -hmm. is there like i don't know less pressure or is it easier i don't know if the word is easier but like it seems like when you're just in the cut writing songs Mm -hmm. and hits and fire it's like and you just shop them or somebody just writes who i don't know like i feel like it's
0: yeah. like it's not easy like some days i'm just like i'm a songwriter like i'm a businesswoman like i'm get this bag like right you know and then other days i'm like no i need to express myself i'm an artist so it's really actually a struggle because it's it's hard to find a balance between which one you put more energy into mm. like it's not easier because if you're I feel like we're all artists, like producers, photographers, like we're all creative people are artists. Like that's a very big word when you really look at it. So it's like when you take one part of our artistry or creativity and we have to focus on that solely, we miss the other part no matter what. So it's hard. You know, because I can put on the songwriter hat and I can be a songwriter and I've been in that position actually, very literally, where I've like worked with artists and it was all about them and that's what I was doing and I'm a songwriter, that's it. And then all of a sudden, like, I look back and I'm like, okay, but whereas I'm an artist as well and that part needs... You need to nurture that part as well. So it always is, you have to find the balance. And I also feel if you want to go the songwriting route, like the one we're talking about where you write a hit and then, you know, you can work your artist into that. Like, you still have to be known. Like, how am I going to know about you to know that you're a great songwriter if I've never heard about you before? So you can, like, use your artist side to leverage your songwriting side if that's kind of... You know, you there has to be, like, a balance. It can't be, like... You know, one side's all the way developed and the other's not.
1: Mm. So in the meantime, just keep both, juggle
0: yeah, side. Yeah, juggle. And then, yeah. like, and obviously, like, everything within reason, if an opportunity comes up, like, on the songwriting side and this is really promising and, like, you know, you can see this going somewhere, then obviously dive into that a little bit more. It's, like, everything with discretion and based on your circumstance and situation. But ultimately, without that, you st- you have to have, like, this constant balance of... You know, mm.
1: what's what's currently inspiring you? It doesn't have to be music, just overall. like
0: I feel like this is kind of a conceited answer. OK, but <laughs> talk that talk, girl. <laughs> no, but it's, it's not coming from a conceited place. It's like right now I feel like I'm inspiring myself. That sounds so conceited, but I feel like it's because I'm doing a lot of self-work, figuring out who I am, soul searching and you know, I have a lot of, I have a good support system. So I have a lot of like love in my life. So figuring out who I am and like discovering the woman that I ultimately want to become is inspiring to me. So that's the answer. It's a
1: beautiful thing, isn't it? It's a
0: beautiful thing, yeah.
1: Yeah. You get out of joy out of that, like that, pro- like.
0: Yeah, that pro- it's, it's a hard process. Yeah. Self discovery or self, like just figuring out what you're doing and who you are, super difficult process, but. Like, you, there's a love in the fact that you're doing it, you know?
1: Mm. Yeah. Dope. Thank you for sharing. Uh, anything else that you want to tell our, our list, anybody who's tuning in right now, first time they're hearing you or, or whatever? Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I just want to thank you, you know, for reaching out and bringing me out here. It was a pleasure talking with you guys. And no, I think I just humbly say thank you. And I said my piece and I hope you guys enjoyed getting to know my mind.
1: What, what's next for you, by the way? Sorry, like. I'm listening to your stuff on SoundCloud, but we need we need more, girl. Like, yeah, I know. Wow. <laughs> and that's the year this
0: is ago, what I was talking about. For, right. uh, come on, man. This is the artist songwriter that I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, music is coming. Like I'm definitely going to be releasing um, some music definitely before the year's out. Mm. Uh, so that's like definitely being looking forward to music and collaborations and maybe some like credits on my name on other people's work and stuff like that. I'm working. In mm-hmm. working, and I see I'm... that
1: name out there. Exactly. Look in the credits. I, <laughs> Khadija Lopez on the Come Up Show. Thank you for coming through. Yo, what did you guys think of my conversation with Khadija Lopez on the Come Up Show podcast? If this is your first time tuning into the Come Up Show, we're based in Toronto. We promote up and coming artists, plus, we talk to a few legends and superstars here and there. Our goal is to inspire, to share the stories of creatives and I want you to check out our previous interviews. We're on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, and each and every Wednesday is a brand new conversation. So I'll catch you on next Wednesday. It's your boy, Cheto. Peace.